It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. That's, I don't know. Um, uh, oh, no, I was thinking of a different song. I was thinking of that. Um, Here I go again on my own. Da, 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 da. Whatever that is, yep. um, but that's a different song. Yeah, you started singing that, and I and that's where my mind instantly went. So, are you looking it up? Demi Lovato. Oh, Demi. Who doesn't love Demi Lovato? There it is. There we go. That's the one. We gotta get to the hook. I'm not actually. I'm not a Demi Lovato fan. But yeah, you knew that. You knew the song yeah. though. Are you a Demi Lovato fan? No. 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 Here it comes. Here Wait for it. I don't think this is probably the song I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even the song. There it is. Here we go. But that's not what you sang. <laughs> Boy, that was a that was a wasted yeah, totally. intro. <laughs> that didn't even work, man. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that's funny. I just liked it. You're like, okay, yeah, that's the song. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> that is funny. I just don't know pop pop culture. Pop that's okay, man. Way, that's form. okay. It has um, to be someone else who did that, though. It has to be. Somebody older, though, I believe. Um, Who who did the song I was just singing? Here I go again on my own. Going down the only road I've never known. Who does that? Boop, 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 do, do. White Snake. White Snake? No way. I didn't know I knew anything by White Snake. <laughs> How do I know? Oh, I think it was from The Office. Maybe that's maybe they did that song on The Office. Maybe that's why I know Could it. Be. Did you hear the rumors? What? That it's coming back? Yeah. No way. That NBC wants to bring it back. What? They want to reboot it? No way. Yeah. Oh, I love The Office. And uh, so far, though, I don't know who said they're coming back. I think Pam... Said she was coming Jenna back. Jenna Fisher's back yeah. in it? What about John Krasinski? I don't know. 
Man, what's wait, is that the is that the song? This is White Snake. Here I go again. Yeah, you gotta wait till it kicks in though. This is like the the slow like dramatic intro. Yeah. Isn't this like an eighty song or something? Eighty seven. Yeah, dude, that's the one, man. Listen to that synth pad, dude. You can just hear the eighties in that. Yep. Oh yeah. Come on, kick it up, kick it up. Uh. Oh, oh my goodness! One, this more, is one more verse. Of so <laughs> slow. I just fast forwarded <laughs> the good part. I can't. There's no. There's no thing on my there's screen. There's no fast forward button. Yeah, and it's YouTube, which I don't understand. What? You can't just like slide the. Uh... No, there's no. There's no controls. Dude, what is wrong with your phone? <laughs> here we go. I oh, think. here we go. Come on. I go get on my own. Yeah. All right, dude. This is the most bizarre podcast intro. I can't intro. even stop it. You have to like shut off your phone <laughs> just to get the thing to stop. Oh, navigate man. away. Yeah, man, that is the weirdest uh, podcast intro yeah. we've ever done. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Good stuff, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't uh, know if it's the weirdest. Well. But, uh, yeah, bizarre. It's definitely on the on the irrelevant side. Is it is, 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 is on the who cares side. Right. Um what are we doing, man? That's weird. Um yeah, here we how did that start? You were like singing That's here. Cuz I was trying to think of a different way to say here we are again, you know. Here we welcome are. back. Hello, hello. And you said here hello. we go. It's kind of the usuals, you know. Yeah. So it's like And then next thing go, you know, we got yeah. 1987 White Snake. <laughs> Here I go again. Um, yeah, you gotta have that like you gotta have that super raspy, like almost kind of like hoarse, you know, losing your voice. Here I go again on my own. You, you know, do the Mac Powell thing singing oh, without moving your jaw. Oh, this is yeah, nuts. That was one of the things that drove me nuts. Um, you know, when people when people shape their voices to sound like <laughs> other people that don't sound good in the first place, it's like, like really, you well, want to sound remember, like that guy? I remember that Third Day came out right around when Hootie and the Blowfish were big, right? Mm-hmm. And they and and there was this like huge comparison, you know, because. Yeah. Who do you know if that big song? No one want to be with you. You know, um, uh, yeah. Was that the name song? I only, I only want to be with yeah. you. Nothing in the world that I do. I don't want to be with you. You know. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you like got every every word has the R sound. And then third day, and then third yeah. day comes out, and you know, and you know, uh, what what was their what was their big on. You know, it was their it was their self titled CD it had like a picture of a bus on it with like a peach or something like that. I don't know. I, I have a hard time with Third Day. I always have. Oh, you don't like them, no. huh? No, Man, I gotta look it up. You know, will um, little insider um, insider info here. So um, one one of uh, the guys who goes to our church, I've mentioned before, he's the director of artist relations for Compassion. So he's the guy that's in charge of. You know all the the artists that Compassion works mm-hmm. with, where you know they do sponsorships during their shows or whatever. And according to my according to my buddy here, um, and I haven't been able to prove this one way or another, but he he says that Third Day is the only artist that he knows of 
that still is completely old school. They don't use click. They don't use tracks. Um, like they like what they what you hear on a third day show is a hundred percent them. Mm. Like tempo wise, it's all them. Instrument wise, it's all them. I mean, because everyone now like at least uses a click, and right. almost every show there's backing tracks right. and you know things to to fill it and you know make mm-hmm. it sound better. Um, but according to Steve, Third Day is the only nice. artist he's aware of that is a hundred percent. I can respect that. Yeah. See, so there that. you go. You may not like the the yeah. guy's voice, but I don't like his voice. I never really cared for the songs. Uh, mainly, mainly the chord patterns in the songs. Mm, yes, our God, He's consuming fire yeah. and the pain, Cronetti, my soul. <laughs> what was it? I mean, there were. I mean, there were. That first album was a pretty big success. It was. Album, yeah, it, it went gold. I think we're both looking it up. Um, like gosh, as soon as I hear some of those originals, where are they? Where are they? Come on, third day. See, I'm I'm not getting anything here. I went to Wikipedia. I'll get it, I'll get it here. Wikipedia. Third day. Come on, third day. Nothing at all. Forever. Mama. Love song. Oh yeah, love song. Yep, yep. I've heard it said that a man could climb a mountain Consuming just to be fire. with the one he loves. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> I remember I used to love that song, man. I'm like, oh, so great. So great. It can yeah. never be done. Well, I've never climbed the high here. That's the one. Yeah, you got it. You got yeah. it. See, that just that reminds me of Andy on the office. Is the- Right, that, 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 that's funny. I suppose I could have sung like that. Maybe I would have had like a music career if I sang like that. See, you could, you could be making, uh, like, you know, records and doing tours, and mm-hmm. this could be your life, David. Sing hymns with a Mac Powell voice. Yeah, that's the new thing. Oh man! Oh, a magic fortress <laughs> is our God. Oh, funny! If anybody's listening to this, looking for an artist to sign, I'm open, dude. Uh, dude, contact Davis agent, yeah, which is yeah. me. Um, I take twenty. Kevin at Worship Ministry Catalyst. Yeah, I take twenty percent cut. So. <laughs> Oh, this is funny. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a bizarre intro. If you're still listening, uh, <laughs> congratulations. Thanks for yeah. Thanks well, for that's hanging. That's kind of our. That's our thing. That's right? our thing. I mean, that's we our have stick. Randomness. Our, yeah, you know, we haven't that. done it for so long because we've done so many interviews. We haven't really had time to just goof around. Yeah. There's so much, and it's been like eight months. There's so much goofing. Yeah, I know. Around that we've missed out on. I know we got to make up. We, for we it missed all. the whole college football playoff thing. Right? 
We should do like some bonus episodes. Yeah, we should just just, like, just goofing yeah, goofing just like off totally episodes. Random. That's all they are. <laughs> nothing like <laughs> nothing, nothing concrete, related. nothing spiritual. <laughs> just totally goofing off. Yeah. But how about Alabama, man? Like as an Ohio State fan, do you just hate Alabama? I, I, I cannot stand. Alabama. I can't stand them either, dude. Just just absolutely. And I I didn't watch the national championship. I'm not going to watch an SEC cha- national championship. <laughs> I know. I, this is the fact that Alabama got in there yeah. without even playing a conference game. Uh, I will say. <laughs> I, and I probably said it on the podcast. I don't think Ohio State should have been in it the last year when they didn't win their when they didn't win their championship. Yeah. The conference. I think you should have to win the conference championship, right? Like, shouldn't that just yeah. be like a, a required? I mean, and I have the perfect system. Go. You ready for this? Go. I'm ready. So I think there's seven conferences that all, and they they all if they all have uh, championship games. There's, conference champion there's goes conference in, champion. and then so, one at large. Then, yeah, well, no, you do a wild card at large championship game. So you've got Notre Dame and you know whatever other teams are out there right. that are at large. So you could, and you could, you know, the, then you could have the committee pick. So the committee decides who's wild in the wild card. card game. And right now the committee has way too much power, and there's way too much yeah. bias on the committee. SEC, right? Garbage. Yeah, and and they and, and they thought Ohio State should have been in there when they shouldn't have been in there. And I'm a Buckeyes fan, you know, and I didn't I didn't think they should be in there. They didn't win. Last and, year. and because they put them in last year, they didn't put them in this year when they should have been in mm-hmm. because of how they performed last year when they shouldn't have been in. So that just shouldn't be a factor in any kind of thinking about about you know when it comes to who's going to the playoffs. So I just think you just you got your seven conference championships. That's fourteen teams. You get two more. You got your sweet sixteen, right? Then you've got eight teams that you're going to bump down to the final four. And then I mean, and it's not that many more games. Will it be like two more games or yeah for the teams that are in that and then and then you have an actual champion an, an undisputed champ that has hasn't had any politics involved in getting yeah. in there they've won their conference championship mm-hmm. they've faced the next opponent they've gone to the final four and mm-hmm. then they've won the the big dance and I think I mean Man. I don't know how they would have performed because the Buckeyes were pretty bipolar this year but but I mean. The Big Ten went seven and one in bowl games. I mean, they yeah. were just dominant in all the bowls. Yeah, and whereas so the like, Pac-12, dude, it was one and one eight or something. And, yeah, it was embarrassing. <laughs> but like, we've had those kinds of years as the Big Ten. It is it's frustrating because, like, I felt I felt like the I, I was saying all year to my friends, I'm like, you know, you know, I was like, oh yeah, you know, the Pac-12. You know, I was telling people, I'm like, they're not going to get into the final four. I just know it because what ends up happening is the Pac-12 kind of cannibalizes itself because they, you know, everyone in the Pac-12, that's what I was saying. I'm like, mm-hmm. everyone in the Pac-12 is so good. Like, they're such great teams. You have Washington and even Washington State. You know, I, I mean, you got, of course, USC. You got Stanford. I mean, you know, Ducks were whatever. But, you know, and I was telling everyone, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, they're going to cannibalize themselves. No one will have a really good record. There's going to be a, you know, like, like you know a two loss three loss but what i was saying is just wait until bowl season mm-hmm. and then when the pac-12 starts playing all the bowl games and we're going to go eight known bowl games and then like we lost <laughs> every pac-12 team lost except for like colorado right. or something stupid utah utah okay yeah. and i'm just like you are kidding me so it was embarrassing yeah. like to be a pac-12 fan or just an oregon ducks mm-hmm. fan in general and and to be like you know our conference is great and we have such great teams mm-hmm. that you know they beat each other up and and that's why we're not in the final four. I'm like no, we're not in the final four because <laughs> every one of our teams like did awful. Right. Uh, that was yeah, frustrating. Like, I mean, so I mean, we beat. I mean, we ended up, we beat USC, which yep. should have been the Rose Bowl, which I still hate that uh, they made the Rose Bowl or in the rotation of playoff I games. Know. But um, but 
And then, but we also, we beat Penn State, who beat Washington. Mm-hmm. We beat Michigan State, who beat, I think, Washington State. Um, I can't remember. You know, but it was like, you know, and the, in the bowl game. So, yeah, like, the one I thing think that the hurt, Buckeyes should have had a shot. The one thing that hurt Ohio State, though, was that loss to um, Iowa. Iowa. Embarrassing. That's why they're, yeah. I mean, bipolar, awful loss. I mean, yeah, you, you, you have, to, you have like, one bad loss against a mediocre team, and that, mm-hmm. man, that's rough. No, I, I but was see just, when the Big Ten is good, which they proved that they, they were, were good. Then oh, that should my also say, should, you know what? They're not. You know, it's not a bad loss if it's no. in a Big Ten team, right? And and conversely, Pac-12, which loses all his bowl games. I mean, Oregon just got embarrassed by Boise State. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that Oregon had a legitimate shot, but then Willie, Willie Taggart, Taggart, the coach, yeah. left and. And then uh, Royce Freeman decided he wasn't going to play to save himself. For... I was disappointed with Willie for that. Oh, man. And he's all like, yeah, you know, Florida State's been my dream job forever. I'm like, dude, that's what you said when you came to Oregon. <laughs> like, pick a team, which dude. Which is what they always say, which is what What's-His-Face said uh, before Chris Peterson at UW uh, and before he took the USC job. And oh, uh, uh, Sarkeesian? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said... UW was his dream job. Of course. And then, and then USC calls. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I was really, just, you know, like I knew Taylor probably wouldn't stay around forever, but I'm like, come on, you got to stay longer than a year. Right. I mean, he wasn't even there a year. Yeah. But no, Alabama, dude, I just cannot stand. I'm so tired yeah. of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, I mean, I, I understand Nick Saban's a great coach. I'm not trying to diminish his coaching ability, but at a certain point, you know, like, it's that kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. Everyone's like, oh, well, Alabama's the best, so we got to let them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, they didn't they didn't even play in the conference game. Right. And But we got to let them in. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that they won, like, oh, see, that that's why we had to let them in, because they're the best team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, they got a good coaching staff. Um, but, you know, they bring up a backup quarterback in the second half. I mean, that to me doesn't say a lot of confidence, you know, from a coaching standpoint that the coaches believed in their teammates and, you know, the guy became a a sensation overnight and won the game and all the rest. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm done with Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, Me too. I'm done. Yep. Anyway, that's college football. That's college football. That's unfortunately in the past. Yeah. You know, pro football Seahawks didn't even make the playoffs Mm -hmm. this year. First time in six years. So like, but maybe the Jaguars, wouldn't that Dude. be cool? <laughs> Blake Bortles <laughs> yeah. with the Jags yeah. going to take him to the... Yeah, they they uh, they got to beat New England, yep. which is... Going to be hard. Okay. Which I also hate New England. Yes, it's right? It's just annoying. Like, Alabama and New England. I'm just like, can you mm-hmm. guys just stop winning? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> like it's just... It's just boring. Unless you're a fan of that team, nobody yeah. cares. You know. So like, I got some friends at, at church. One one guy who goes to Laurelwood grew up in Boston, so he's a huge Patriots fan. And then the other guy, I don't know why he's a Patriots fan, but he always has been. And and then there's a couple of youth kids, and I mean they just they just love it. They're like, yeah, you know, Patriots, and you know, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. the best, and you womanizer. Know, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, I don't know, I I it. Uh, how do I say it? It it gets it gets annoying uh, when when you have a team that's so good um, that. It just doesn't make it, you know, when you're like at recess growing up as a kid and there's always that one kid who's like the fastest, strongest kid in PE and dodgeball and he gets everyone out and, you know, he always wins and you're just Mm -hmm. like, okay, like this isn't even fun anymore. Right. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. 
anywhere. Let somebody else play. Let someone else play. You go play. do something else. We'll play and have fun. Well, I'm hoping that the Seahawks can rebuild. They um they got a new offensive coach and they got a new uh, uh, O line coach. Um, and the you know those were some of the the weak areas. You know their <laughs> offensive line. I, I told I'm trying to root for the Seahawks, which is really hard for You're me. You're trying because I hate Pete Carroll. Cannot stand <laughs> Pete Carroll. Just because of USC. Yeah. Oh. I think it was just I mean shade, and we've talked about that. But yeah. I mean just I mean so you you bail right before your school gets you know. Right, hit with all with the sanctions, sanctions and millions of dollars and, of fine, and you get a signing bonus from the Seahawks. You know, it's like there's just something sketchy about all that. But, but I, I, I was talking. It's like I watched a few of the games, and it's like I said, if I was Russell Wilson, like I would be, I would be pulling some dramatic stunts because I'm like, okay, I'm a humble guy and I'm okay to do this. But I mean, the dude ran for his life all oh my, season every long. Every play, and I'm he's like, running for his life. I would just be so mad. Like, okay, you want to pay me money? I'll, I will take less money <laughs> if you will protect me just a little bit so I at least yeah. have a, a shot at throwing the ball without well, having here's to run the thing. across so the Tom field. Cable, Tom, Tom Cable was the offensive line coach. And, you know, for years and years, the, the you know, the shtick, the repeating, you know, uh, thing that he would always say is, you know, yeah, I mean, we have a young offensive line and we're using rookies and, we're, you know, we have the we have the least paid offensive line in the, you know, in, in, in that in, in NFL. And OK, yeah, our, we can tell. <laughs> right. But here it is. This year they went out and they got some big names like this year. They got some Pro Bowl. like They got a Pro Bowl left tackle. They got uh, a Pro Bowl right guard. Uh, Justin Britt, who's been, you know, their uh, their star center for like, you know, he's a great center. I don't think he made the Pro Bowl this year, but here's the thing. So this year they had a legitimate off like veteran offensive line, and they still were mm-hmm. awful. Yep. You know, and so now I'm like, okay, I don't think you can use the excuse anymore nope. that that we have young players. Like I think I think now you got to start looking at who the offensive line coach is, mm-hmm. and you know, as, as nice of a guy as Tom Cable is, I think yeah, time for him to go. Yep. So off he's gone. Good. So anyway, let's see next year how the Seahawks yeah. do. Your Cleveland Browns. Uh, I don't care about. I hate they the Browns. Are, I'm a Bengals they fan, are, not a Browns fan. <laughs> they said, you know what? How exciting was it that they went 0-16? Um, the you know the fact that Detroit no longer has the recognition of being the only 0-16 team is is pretty special. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to feel good, right? Doesn't that feel good as a as a Cleveland Ohio type guy? I'm not a Browns. Fan. You don't even care. <laughs> well, no, I've I've never been a Browns fan. I mean, I grew up a Bengals fan, so the Browns are our rival. We okay, so so okay, so, so you're it's good for me to see them. All right, all right. I was trying to bait you. I was trying to no. bait you into getting some. Um, I saw this great uh this great meme um when when the the Browns lost their final game, it was this uh this meme of, of this guy. Uh, like fully decked out in Detroit's gear at like a De- uh, Detroit Lion, you know, like with other Detroit Lions fans, and all of them are just like celebrating and shouting, <laughs> and then like le- like the meme, the meme is like we're not the only ones, you know, yeah. and and they're just like so happy, yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so well, there we go. Yeah. We're all we're all, we're all caught, caught up, up. On football. <laughs> oh, but we were gonna talk about uh, actually something. Of substance today. Oh yeah, yeah. We were gonna get to something important, yeah. weren't we? Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Oh man, no. We we got some time. Yeah. How much time we got? A few minutes. We got a few minutes. Um, 
No, I was, um, so our church, Laurelwood, we, um, a number of months ago, we, we found out about this program called Safe Park. And um, it's an organization, it's a nonprofit organization that, that basically works with local churches um, to use the church's parking lot uh, for, for um, people who have lost their jobs and, and families that are living in cars. Uh, and in our area of Vancouver, Washington, we have a, a high percentage of, um, of homeless people. And when I say homeless, I'm not talking about, you know, Perpetual homeless. Yeah, I'm not talking it's about more like transitional homeless. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're not talking like people living in tents, you know, under a bridge because you know they they don't care about life. We're talking about people, you know, families where the dad lost their job, you know, rent got increased by three hundred dollars, and they can't afford their place mm-hmm. anymore. All they have is their van, so they're like, "Well, we can't afford our apartment. Um, I lost my job. Mm-hmm. We don't have any family nearby." You know, we don't go to a church, so we don't have a community of people. So right. we'll live in our we'll live in our van. My my daughter actually goes to school with a girl who who lives in a van with her family because mm-hmm. uh, they don't have a anyway. So Safe Park is a program that um, connects these people that are living in in their vehicles. Um, you know, not bad people, but like honest, good people who lost their jobs or or rent increase or one situation or another. And um, they had to turn to their vehicle, and it puts them in churches, uh, parking lots, um, because legally, uh, it's really interesting, as I've learned more about this, in our area in Clark County, uh, legally, the only place that you can legally park for more than 14 days consecutively is a church parking lot. Hmm. Uh, you can't do city streets. You can't even do Walmart. You know, Walmart has, like, a, a limit on how many days mm-hmm. you can park there. And so these families— that are, you know, trying to, you know, the, the dad's trying to get a second job uh, or the mom's trying to get a second job or, or they're trying to find work or they're trying to save up money. These families are literally bouncing around from Walmart to Walmart. They're, you know, they're going from street to street, hoping that they don't get the knock on the window at two in the morning from the police asking mm-hmm. them to leave. And so Safe Park is like, well, hey, churches have already been set up in Clark County. Churches are have been given authority and permission to allow anyone to park for any length of time. So we're going to just start, you know, pointing these cars over to the church parking lots and the church can work with them. It's a really wonderful program. And Mm -hmm. so we, we started, um, you know, we talked a lot about it as elders and leaders. We, we brought it to our leadership team. We brought it to our congregation. Everyone was very favorable with it. And, you know, for us, we we recognize that there is a problem in our community. And, you know, we can be a church that just says, we'll pray for you. Or we can be a church that says, let's do something about mm-hmm. it. And so we all kind of, as a church, we're like, let's do something about it. Right. And so we, we, we kind of moved forward. We worked with the Safe Part organization and the guy who leads it, Dave Bilby, and then we were like, well, you know, let, let's let our neighbors know, just kind of give them a heads up what's happening and let them know that they might see a few cars. And, and we're talking like, you know, four, five, maybe six cars at the most. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these cars, they, you know, they're only there for a maximum of 90 days. That's what the Safe Park program is. You know, the Safe Park program is not a place for people who want to be homeless. It's a mm-hmm. place for people who are in transition. Right. And on average, according to Dave, 
the average person in the safe part program is only in it for 45 days. 45 days is about how much time most people need to find a second job, right. to, to get hired, to save up money, to go, you know, have enough money to, to rent an apartment. Right, because you you just have to save up, you know, the first and last yeah. month's rent, or whatever. yeah, it's it's first month's rent, last month's rent plus security deposit, right? You know, which sometimes is you know like a couple thousand dollars, right? First, last month security, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, usually it's forty five days on average, but it's up to ninety days, and so we're like, okay, we'll let our our neighborhood know. So we we kind of you know put you know we we went door to door, people that weren't home, we put letters on. And then we just started getting all this negative reaction, mm-hmm. and and the you know a couple people really were vocal and not not in my backyard. You know we're not going to let homeless people. And it's so like, well, no, it's not homeless people. You know, and we try to explain it right. It's not homeless people. It, mm-hmm. It's it's families and couples and people that are are just like you and me. I mean, you know, the reality is there's a lot of people out there right now who are just one or two paychecks away. From living out of their car. Right. You know, there's a lot of people who live paycheck to paycheck. Well, what people listening, you know, depending on where you're listening from, may not understand is, you know, rent and housing prices are just skyrocketing. $1,200 a month to rent an apartment. Uh, Not a, not like a, not like a nice big apartment, you know, it's like what, two, three bedrooms. Two bedroom, one bathroom, $1,200. Yeah. And, and there has been a pretty steady stream of, of people who of of landlords essentially who own apartment complexes or or houses that recognize you know they can make a lot more money and so some of them will give people the option okay hey I'm going to raise rent or you know I need to start raising rent or they just evict people mm-hmm. and say yeah we're going to we're going to be you know doing a bunch of upgrades and raising prices and and so we've had several several of that several people come around here you know with our food bank and so on that so they've just been they've been given thirty days notice. Yeah, and, and it's a very real problem in Vancouver, mm-hmm. Washington. Maybe not in other parts of the U.S., but um, so as a church, we we want to join. You know, we want to join the solution. And Safe Park is a program. You know, they're in other churches in Vancouver, and we're like, this is a win-win. You know, we can help people in our community who are living out of cars. Uh, we can do something for those who are, you know, kind of the the poor and afflicted, and, and and you know the disenfranchised, and and those who don't, you know, have the means and resources. And we're we're just providing a safe place for them to park, where they won't get hassled by you know cops and Walmart security, and and you know, and that's all. And it, it's from 7 p.m. at night until 8 a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. and then you know by 8 a.m. they're gone because they're working jobs, mm-hmm. they're going to school, they're whatever. Right, but. We started telling our neighbors about it, and there's a few people that just like, no way, no, you know, we are gonna fight you. We're gonna get lawyers. We're gonna stop this. We're gonna get the news. So then we started having news people come mm-hmm. out, and there was one Sunday where um, uh, a couple of these very vocal neighbors organized a protest. Mm-hmm. They went to all the neighbors, and they're like, let let's show up after church on Sunday, and they actually showed up after church on Sunday. Um, and, and they called the, they called the, um, uh, the news and they staged this whole protest. Like, so as church was ending, um, like there was, you know, about 30 neighbors out there. And so, you know, we, we went out and we talked with them and, you know, um, a a lot of them kind of understood, like once we talked and explained they, they, they really got it. But a couple people, you know, it's like. Some people, no matter what you say, mm-hmm. they they don't care. They have already made mm-hmm. up their mind that 
they are not okay with Safe Park uh, right. program. Um, so you know we, we've been in this kind of um, we we've been, we've been working with our neighbors, and you know we we basically formed a little committee with three of the neighbors. Um, and basically, hey, what are some things that you're concerned about? You know, what are some things we're concerned about? And we tried to find common interests. You know, we're both concerned about crime in our parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice thing about Safe Park is what they've seen at other churches is the crime goes down because there's like cars there. Right. And most criminals don't want to do activity when there are other people present, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, and we try to explain that, and they're like, well, well, how do you know? You know, how do you know? Well, because we've seen it at other churches. Well, how do you know it will work here? So we, we, we've talked with the neighbors, and, okay, what can we do to cur- increase, decrease the crime that's currently happening? So we're adding more light to our parking lot. We're adding gates to our entrances. We're mm-hmm. trying to do things to show our neighbors that we're taking seriously, you know, their concerns. Because we have the same concern. We don't want crime in our parking lot. You know, and, and currently, yeah, like shady stuff goes back there, um, you know, in that back, back parking mm-hmm. lot by where the dumpster is. And so we're trying to work with them. We're trying to make it happen. Um, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully soon we can kind of reach an amicable, uh, you know, decision with that neighborhood team. Uh, and hopefully we can start the safe park thing soon enough and, you know, help these people that are in need. So that's what we're trying to do. But it bring, you know, brings up a kind of an issue or a, a thing that we seem to be facing in the world today is that there are a lot of people who want to help people, but when it comes time to putting your money where your mouth is to yeah. helping people, it becomes a problem. There's a reason, there's an excuse, there's a there's an issue why I'm not going to help or why I don't want to help in this way or, you know, I want to help, but I just don't think this is the right way yeah. or, you know, um, one of my, one of my things is, you know, we've, we, with the food pantry, we have a lot of volunteers that come through here and our faithful regular ones are the older generation. And, and that kind of raises some, some, uh, integrity concerns with me for our younger millennial generation who claim to be, and I'm not, I'm not just bashing on millennials. So don't, don't hear me. Don't hear me bashing. I love our younger generation, but, but, um, there's a disconnect between, wanting to be about social justice and doing things that help people who really, you know, mission minded, yeah. mission oriented or a generation, but then not actually being willing to, to actually put in some work and do, help. do the hard work, yeah. like actually do the hard mm-hmm. work. And I'm going to show up and volunteer at the food bank, you know, for safe park, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be, uh, you know, the person that checks people in mm-hmm. at night and make sure that all the cars are registered and there aren't extra cars. It takes work. Mm hmm. But, but, you know, it's one thing to say you want to help people, but if you're not willing to, you know, put your money where your mouth is and actually get your hands dirty, you know, get, get in and start getting, getting in the mess as, as best you can and help someone, you know, that's, I, that's, I think why a big part of why the church has a, a, a negative reputation with so many people is because we're not, you know, we say we, we care and we say we're compassionate, but then... <laughs> When it comes to being compassionate, we're not very compassionate. And you don't do anything. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, you know, I think that's it's just a big part of our testimony that I that I hope will continue to correct. And a lot of churches really are correcting that. A lot of churches. Yeah, and, and for us, it was really exciting to say, you know, I mean, we do a lot of mission stuff, and we work with Compassion a lot, Compassion International, mm-hmm. and we have these, you know, missionaries and organizations. But it was really exciting to say, okay, 
there is an immediate need. Like right now, like right now, there are families living in cars. That, that that's not a a theoretical. It's it's a factual. Mm-hmm. Right now, there are families living in cars, and those families right now don't have a safe place to park. And right now, we can provide a safe place for them to park. Mm-hmm. It, it it was it, it was like this. Okay, we can do something. We right. we can actually just just opening up our parking lot and 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 it was so surprising right to to get that reaction from our neighbors you know and i mean i guess it makes sense you know if if you're a neighbor and you don't know and and you know you don't know about it and you're concerned and you're worried you know i i get that i i understand their concerns like that makes sense um but but i guess i was surprised because most people that i i like when i talked with these neighbors you know they're like well yeah we we want to help people just just not not in our backyard right. we, we don't want cars yeah. in your parking lot mm-hmm. yeah we'll go to a soup kitchen <laughs> or, and and volunteer for one day a one year. day right right so you know it's it is a interesting thing that takes place i think most people like the idea of helping and most people like the idea of being a blessing and and doing good things for people but then when you actually try to do it 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 becomes a yeah it's difficult the thing is when you actually do it though it changes you you know that like when you i mean and i have nothing against missions and you know and i know you've made trips to haiti and you know you've your Dominican republic the, yeah dominican republic sorry um and you've got a a, a sponsored child there right. and you've met a few times and you know and i, and I think uh, I, correct me if i'm wrong but it changed you when you met them face to face. Oh, absolutely. Right? And, absolutely. And probably solidified your commitment, right? You know, but like yeah. so much of our help today is text to give help. You know, it, it's it's removed by three or four steps from yeah. the people actually doing the help. And we don't actually see the face, right? Yeah, you're not actually, you guys did it for an extended or... um Yeah, we just, sorry, we just had a recording glitch. So we're we're trying to recall the conversation. It was but, such a good conversation, yeah. but um, yeah, you no, were talking just, about what your yeah. We hear it, you know, with the I, I just I think I'm I don't know if I said it already, but you know, it, we live in a text to give mercy world. You know, like mm-hmm. we want to be mercy minded, but it's three or four steps removed, right? Mm-hmm. And and but it changes you when you're face to face, when you're helping somebody face to face. You know, and we've we've had people who have been in transition. Um, stay in our parking lot, you know, some, some in a motorhome, some in a car, you know, and some, some didn't have a car and we have an old van and we let them stay in the van, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, it changes our people when they see a face, especially several times those people will come to our church because they're staying in our parking lot and they'll come to church on Sunday mornings. People get to know them. Our people will come around, bring meals, invite them over for dinner. And it changes the, the people who are doing the helping. And and that's the exciting thing um, that I'm looking forward to when we get the safe park thing up and rolling. I'm excited for our people to be able to have that interaction uh, with with you know these families and these couples that are living in cars. And I think specifically my daughter Callie, you know she's ten and a half. She's just got a really really tender heart, mm-hmm. a soft heart, compassionate heart towards uh, those who are in need. You know, for her tenth birthday, what Callie wanted to do was hand out homeless bags in in downtown Portland, and so we made these little homeless bags and we passed them out. And a few weeks later, I was actually preaching, and I shared that story in my message. 
And one of the gentlemen in our church was so moved by that, he gave Callie $100 so that she could make more homeless bags. Well, we've been sitting on that $100 because um, when when he gave that to us, you know, I thought we'd be starting Safe Park soon. And I'm like, hey, let, let's wait until we get Safe Park cars um, and then we can give homeless bags to those people and interact with them. Well, you know, it's been a few months now, right. you know, and, and then Callie's like, well, when are we doing that? I'm like, soon, as soon as we can launch the program. But I'm excited for my daughter to be able to interact with people in our church parking lot who, you know, need a little love. They need a, you know, just, just, you know, to, to have a 10 and a half year old girl say, hey, I'm praying for you. Here's a bag with water and snacks and deodorant and toothbrush. And I made this for you, and I'm praying for you. And so for Callie to be able to interact and have a face to these people in need, and for our church to be able to have a face to these people in need, you know, we're not just texting money mm-hmm. via Red Cross, you know, text 7272, and, you know, we'll right. give $10. It, it, you know, we're actually interacting. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm most excited right. about for the Safe Park thing. When, But, you know, we, we got to work with our neighbors and be amicable with our neighbors and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, make it a win. You know, you know, worship is whatever consumes our attention and our affection. That's the definition we use around our church. You know, is mm. whatever whatever consumes your attention and your affection is what you're worshiping. And I think I think moments like this actually reveal. And of course, unbelievers, you know, no surprise, right? But 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 it's when it's when it's people who are claimed to be Christ followers where it gets a little bit concerning. And you know, but it kind of shows what you worship when when you're kind of faced with this because. Um, you know, don't, don't ask me to inconvenience myself. Don't, don't ask me to put my life, my standard of living at jeopardy, you yeah. know, because of, because I don't want to be uncomfortable. Right. Um, yeah. Like, oh, so the most important thing, the thing that consumes your attention and your affection is yourself and your lifestyle. And that's really kind of what most of it boils down to for a lot of, a lot of people who yeah. make these kind of statements. Yeah. You know, don't, don't put me in jeopardy. I'm comfortable with the way things are. I think that's a good way of saying it comfortable because, mm-hmm. you know, as we've talked with a lot of our neighbors, I mean, I'm not saying that they're, you know, spoiled, rich, um, you know, whatever, but I just think a lot of them are very comfortable. They're comfortable in their house. They're comfortable with um, things looking a certain way. And the thought of having cars in our parking lot is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people are sleeping in those cars is uncomfortable. And then, you know, they're worried about crime and, and all the rest. And, you know, that's why we're trying to address these things. But um, but the danger is when that comfort creeps yeah. into the church. And that's how we make decisions you right. know, based on our comfort levels. And you know what? As a church, like we we don't want to stay comfortable. Right. Um, you know, we, we haven't I talked about last episode. We have a nice you know new building mm-hmm. that took a couple years to fix and we're in it. And it's very nice and wonderful. But let's not be comfortable mm-hmm. with just gathering on Sunday. Uh, l- let's see what we can do right. to uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus that's, Christ. Yeah. That's awesome that you guys are doing that. It's awesome. I think it's, it speaks even more that you're sticking with it, even after the backlash. Yeah, we got some backlash. Yeah. I mean, the, the news, you know, we had two different news outlets come out. I saw out. the stories. I looked at them because I saw them, you were talking about them. Yeah, yeah. I think you sh- you shared them, didn't you, on your... I did, yeah, yeah. I shared them, and I mean, they interviewed me, and, and uh, um, they interviewed Pastor Mike, and... Um, you know, I, I think by and large, um, I was just, I was, what, what do they say? Like any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it got a lot of people interested in Laurelwood, mm-hmm. um, and it got a lot of people interested in safe park. And mm-hmm. because of the news articles that aired and the Columbian did a piece and some other stuff, mm-hmm. I think there's 
two or three other churches that are now doing safe part Good. because they heard about it. That's great. Um, so even though it's taken us a little while to work with our neighbors, um, other churches are doing it now and more people uh, who are living in their vans have a safe place to park. So, you know, that's a win. Yeah. Maybe we should consider it. Now. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It's a cool program. Um, but uh, I, I was surprised at, at the negative, very negative reaction of, do, a, of a few neighbors. Do you have to provide a volunteer every night to do the check-in, check-out? Yeah, thing? so um, it, it's it's uh, it, it's kind of a how do I say it? Um, it's a fluid thing. Um, so where it stands now is uh, uh, the Safe Park organization is actually trying to get um, like a full-time person that that goes around to the sites. But as it, as there becomes more sites, it becomes harder to right. go to each site. And so it's kind of like one of those things if, if your church is able to provide a volunteer to check them in uh, in the evening and a volunteer to check them out in the morning, um, then that's really helpful for a safe park organization. It's one less, you know, church that they have to try to uh, facilitate. So, um, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of a, a fluid thing. It's not static and stuck or whatever, but... You know, for us as a church, like we, we want to be able to provide, um, you know, those volunteers to check people in and make sure that. And I think also just for our neighbors to assure our neighbors like, hey, someone from the church will be here, um, you know, because I think some of our neighbors are concerned that um, if we open it up for, you know, a few cars and pretty soon we'll have a hundred cars right. in our parking lot, which <laughs> actually isn't the case. But, right. You know, but, you know. People listening might be interested, and I know we have people listening all over the country, so this may not be a thing where you are, so you'd have to do some investigation. But you could contact David Bilby, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's goconnect.org slash safe park. Yep. Um, and, you know, he's been he's been doing this, this minded kind of stuff for a while, but I'm sure he's learned a lot that he would be more than happy to share with you if you live, you know, in a city somewhere else, you don't have anything like this, and you would like to maybe be an advocate for trying to start something like this. It'd be great to contact David and get the information. I mean, you can also probably talk to Kevin and learn yeah. from from what they've gone yeah, through. Yeah, we and- we uh, like hindsight. I think we would have done things a little different with our neighbors. Um, so we we learned some good lessons. Um, but here's final thought. Um, I have had more conversations with our neighbors than in during j- during this just couple month period mm-hmm. than I ever have in twelve years at Laurelwood. Yeah. Like twelve years at Laurelwood, like. I don't really know who our neighbors are, mm-hmm. but this whole thing happened. I've had great conversations. Yeah, that's awesome. I've had great conversations. I've gotten to know the neighbors. They've gotten to know us. And it's great. I mean, get to know your, I mean, your churches, most churches are in a neighborhood. Yeah. There's houses around. And yeah. Get to know your neighbors might be a great way to do it. Maybe see with the food pantry, we have a lot of people who don't go to church here who volunteer at the food pantry oh, on a regular cool. basis. And that's cool. Not all of them are believers, but now we have regular contact with non-believers. Exactly. And share Christ with them and live Christ with them on yeah. a week by week and, basis. You know, and we've been, we've had this like three or four, you know, uh, people from our neighborhood that have been meeting mm-hmm. with, um, three or four people from the church. And I'm like, these are three or four people in our neighborhood who have never even stepped foot inside Laurelwood. Mm-hmm. And now they're meeting on like a, a biweekly basis, right. you know. That's awesome. Um, they're coming to our church, yeah. uh, not not for church, but, you know, to, right. to talk about safety and security. And that's cool. Yeah. And maybe you build relationships there. Maybe you find people in your neighborhood who want to volunteer at something like this and you get them connected just volunteering at, a, at something through... And this means, you know, like we've done with the food pantry, it's, uh, there's just so much yeah. in terms of spreading the light of Christ through this kind of thing that we should 
we should be more intentional about as churches. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. We finally did get to some actual pertinent content. We got to see some good we stuff. We always do. We get there always eventually. Yeah. We get there eventually. <laughs> but uh, that's it for this episode. Episode 195 of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Um, if you want to find out more information about us, um, we did not mention the conference. We'll mention it in case it's in case this episode airs before it. Oh yeah, um, that uh, Garden Dave City has been working on over at Garden City. A great big, great big conference, um, and that is makejesusculture.com. Best place to go find information about that, and it's February fifth through the eighteenth. So you may find you may get this part way through, but uh, you may still be able to catch some of that. You can register online through uh, makejesusculture.com, and it's going to be a huge conference with a lot of different tra- different tracks all online, so you can get access to it anywhere in the world. And I would encourage you to go check that out and, and consider participating in that. Yeah. So, worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. You can send an email to kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. A voicemail 360-818-4339. And uh, we love it when you leave reviews and uh, let us know how we're doing. I know one of the negative reviews we've gotten on iTunes is we spend too much time talking about football and other things. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and we just spent like the yeah. first one. Wow. We just but, spent the first 20 yeah. minutes doing it this episode. <laughs> but that's just kind of always been who we are. And so I think people who listen know know that that's, uh, that's a part of the podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You, you know, you listen to our podcast, you're going to get a whole bunch of, you know, pop culture, TV, football type stuff. But, you know, we'll eventually get to something. Right. <laughs> something. Get to something good. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. <laughs>